Hi, I'm Reverend Nicole Riley, and welcome to the Clergy Wellness Podcast. This is Season 1, Episode 7, Start Something New and Maybe Fail at It. Today we'll also look at a wellness practice of the week, what is making this week good, and a mindfulness meditation. So, let's jump in. The first church that I served helped me learn how to fail. I say that because in my years with them, I tried all kinds of new things, and most of them didn't work out. One of my favorite failures was when we started a summer reading program. I was the mother of a young child, and so I had a great love of children's books. That's what led me to wonder if maybe we could start something that reached new people who had young kids. I had a small team, and together we put together a six-week program. Each of the weeks we designed had a theme, and that theme was expressed with the books we were reading. We also had games and snacks. One of the things I remember so much about it was we even went out of our way to design a logo, this is way pre-Canva, and had balloons made with the logo on it because we thought, Balloons are great, and kids love balloons, so let's have balloons. We shared the word with young families. We made a flyer, and we put it on cars parked at the local bookstore. We networked as best we could, and two to three families came. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't what we hoped for. It was a six-week adventure of meeting new people. Some people returned each week, Others came a week or two, and some people just came once. Another one of my favorite failures was a group I led for six months that I called Whale Prince. The name came from a concept that after a whale blows, the water above the whale becomes very still and peaceful. And so the group met in the worship center, and I used recorded music and guided meditation and an extended time of prayer. Some weeks, 20 people would show up, and some weeks, two people would show up. But it seemed like it was worth trying, and I met a whole group of local white witches, which is a story for another podcast. (laughs) When I think back on those two failures and the many other failures I've known in ministry, I actually feel pretty good. I don't feel ashamed or sad or even worried that I spent the church's money or other people's time on things that really didn't go how we wanted. But honestly, I didn't always feel like that. During my first dozen failures, I felt like crap. I worried. I felt like a failure. And I remember that at the time I was reading a book that said basically that if you have too many failures in ministry, which I think they said was either two or three, then you'd have to move to another church because people wouldn't respect and follow you anymore. What helped me to move from feeling like crap to feeling pretty good was actually a conversation I had with someone at the church who I'm pretty sure 
never liked me. She didn't like me because she had tried to be friends with me when I had first come to the church. And as someone who was new in ministry, I didn't really know how to be a pastor to her and also her friend. And in fact, at the time, they really taught you to make a big dividing line between those things. And so I just went with being her pastor. Now, she wasn't happy about this, and she let me know about it. And so did her husband and her husband's brother. Today, I would have probably done things a little differently, but at the time, that was the best I knew. So in the end, though, she was really a gift to me. You see, she sat on the church leadership team, and she would always ask about the things we were doing. And each month, I'd have to confess how things really hadn't worked out. And at first, I felt like she was asking just to embarrass me and to point out that these things cost money and time and that we should stop trying them. But one time, she spoke up and said, I love how we do all these new things and that if they don't work out, we just say, oh, well, and then we're on to the next new idea. She said that 25 years ago. And I still remember where I was sitting and how her words made me feel. She gave me, and really she gave all of us, permission to fail. And she normalized failure for me for the first time. And that stuck with me over the years. If you were a clergy person, chances are in the course of your ministry, you will try to start some new things. It might be a new class or a new way to organize a church structure or maybe a new worship service or new discipleship process. Oftentimes, you know a change or a new offering is needed, but you aren't sure how to start and you aren't sure what to do if it doesn't work out. So let's look at some of the ways to think about new things and failure. So first, I think it's important to say that all change All new things start with listening. Listening includes, of course, the actual words that people will say to you when they speak of their hopes and their pains and their concerns. These are the kinds of meetings that happen over coffee or on a Sunday or at a leadership meeting. But I think listening often happens when you see the gap between what is and what could be. When you hear the unspoken yearnings of a community desiring to live into a new future. And so as you think about change, begin with listening to others. Never come into a church thinking you know, thinking that this church is just like your last church, or you know exactly what to do, because chances are excellent, you don't. Second, all change, all new things start with prayer. If you'd like to be part of a new thing that God can do through you and your church, start with prayer. Here's one way to do that. Sit every day. I'm going to give you a big number for 20 minutes and start that time by telling God what you're seeing, what your heart's desire is for the congregation and all the things that you don't know. And then ask God for help and then listen. When I do this, I keep a pad and a pen by my side so that if anything is said, I can write it right down. Listen. Listen to God. Listen to what God tells you to do. 
you don't need to know how to do it. Just listen and work to believe that God can do a new thing. Third, all change, all new things starts with communication. One of the things I learned in the school of hard knocks was that if you're going to change something, communicate very clearly to everyone that it might not work out and that that's okay and that part of the process is to figure out what will work. I usually say things like, we're going to just try this and then we're going to assess it in three months and Then we're going to look at making some adjustments. And in all of this, we want to know your thoughts. I stopped wearing robes in worship, I think in 1998. I had just a strong feeling at the time that for the church to grow in the community I was serving, I would do better to wear just regular everyday street clothes during worship. So when someone asked me why I wasn't wearing a robe, I shared what I was thinking and that it was something I was trying. And yeah, it was weird for me too, but let's see what happened. I actually never went back. But if the church had been declining because of that, or if there was a lot of pushback, we could communicate in the midst of change and share both that you don't know if what you're doing will be successful And that if it isn't, you'll adjust. This positive approach will be mirrored by others on your staff and in leadership as they too take on new things. So, what if you do fail? What if things don't work out? What if you look at what you've put your time and attention and money into and all you've gotten is a lot of grief and a lot of maybe even exhaustion? How do you deal with it when you start something new and it doesn't work out? Well, I think the first thing you need to do is just to feel the feelings of it. Ministry sometimes is disappointing. Sometimes ministry is heartbreaking. Sometimes you just look at it all and wonder, how did this not work out? (laughs) Feel your feelings. That may mean that you need an extra day off or You need a bath or you need a walk or you need some time with a friend, but process how you feel. Don't just push it away because if you do, that'll stop you from trying something new next time. Feel the feeling. Let yourself deal with how you actually feel that things haven't worked out. Next, I'd say one of the things you want to try is just to let people know what happened. Just share honestly. This is what we did and this is what we thought and this is how we wanted it to work out, but it didn't. People appreciate honesty. They appreciate someone who's straightforward with them. The book that I had read that said, if you make two or three mistakes, you need to find a new church. I don't think that was true. (laughs) I made lots and lots of mistakes and no one ever stopped following me or asking me questions or looking at what could be next for us. You're going to make mistakes. Things are not going to work out. Don't let that discourage you too much. Communicate what happened and get ready to move on. And one more thing, how you interpret things not working out is going to impact the whole team. So if you know you're someone who's more dramatic or more overwhelmed or have a hard time with it, process it on your own before you process it with your team. 
Affirm what did work, what you did learn, and how what you learned will be that much more help when you try the next new thing. Yeah, it's true. Sometimes we will try new things and they'll fail. But here's the thing about it all. If you try 10 new things this year at your church, and let's say five of them fail, you have a 50% success rate. But if you only try one new thing and it fails, you have a 0% success rate. One of the secrets of ministry that I found is that the more things you try, the more you learn and the more opportunity you have to succeed, to grow the church, and to help your church become full of disciples who take responsibility for ministry. And I also think the more fun you have. So, in all change, in all new things, start with listening. In all change, in all new things, start with prayer. And in all change, and in all new things, start with communication. So, this week I invite you to think about the new things on your horizon for you and for your ministry. And embrace the new thing and the possibility that it may fail or may succeed. But either way, you can find wellness for yourself and your community. If I can help you stay on track as you start new things, I'd love to help. You'll find more information in our show notes. Wellness practice of the week. This is where I share something that you can do this week to increase your wellness. I don't subscribe to magazines. Well, I don't except for one. Magnolia is the magazine of HGTV stars Chip and Joanna Gaines, and I just love this little gem. Every quarter it comes out, and it's a great way to spend an hour or two. But that's not my wellness practice. (laughs) My wellness practice is something mentioned in this summer's issue. Let me read it to you. It says this. What if you did something just because it delights you? Not because it serves so great a purpose, not because it's needed or useful or required by someone. Stop in the middle of the day and do something outside your norm simply because it lifts you out of routine and makes you feel so bright, so alive. I love that. That first phrase, what if you did something just because it delights you? What would it look like if you did something this week just because, just because it gave you a moment of delight? What would you do? Think about it for a moment. It can be kind of a hard question, especially if we're in the mode of our to-do list. What would delight you this week? Listen, listen to your heart and listen to the Holy Spirit within you. Because when you do something that delights you, it will increase your wellness. 
what's making this week good. This is the part of the episode when I talk about what I'm enjoying with the hope that you will notice something good in your week too. This week, I went to Palm Springs and to Riverside to work with a group of amazing United Methodist pastors on helping the denomination be more innovative. There were about 15 of us from around the country trying to figure this all out together. I had such a nice time. Even though I had to come home early because a family member had COVID and I did the last half of our time together on Zoom. Innovation is so important to me because I love seeing others create new things. And I love creating new things. It is really one of the places where I feel God's spirit in my life. This podcast is one way that I have been innovating. It has been so much fun to learn the technology, to think about the topics, and to put everything together each week for you. So, innovation, both that I get to be part of and that I get to see as others innovate, is what is making this week good. meditation. Today I thought it would be good to revisit the word delight. Isn't delight a great word? (laughs) I want to invite you to listen to a couple scriptures that have the word delight in them before we do a bit of mindfulness together. So this is from Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 9. It says this, Then the Lord your God will make you most prosperous in all the works of your hands and in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock, and the crops of your land. The Lord will delight in you and make you prosperous, just as he delighted in your ancestors. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1, this is part of Hannah's prayer. It says, Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. From the New Testament, Matthew 12, verse 18. Here is my servant, whom I have chosen, the one I love, in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. And the last one in 2 Corinthians 12.10. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Let's talk a little bit about delight Um, You'll find it a hundred times in the scriptures, but only 15 of those, so just a handful in the New Testament. And scripture delight means both to bend toward and to take pleasure in. God delights in us and our following him more than in our sacrifices. God delights in our honesty, our prayers, and God gives wisdom and knowledge to those in whom he delights. 
When we live in God's way and show mercy and kindness and justice and righteousness, God is said to delight in us. So take a moment as we think on this beautiful concept of delight and enter into a time of mindfulness with me. Take a moment to take in a deep breath and to relax in this moment as best you're able and just to be present. Remember who you are. You are God's beloved. Now remember in whose image you were created. You were created in the image and likeness of God. So as I read these words, just breathe them in as we reflect together on these words from Psalm 37. Take delight in the Lord and God will give you the desires of your heart. Listen more deeply as I read it again. Take delight in the Lord, and God will give you the desires of your heart. Now as I read it, I invite you to put your own name in it as I say it. Repeat it after me. Take delight in the Lord, and God will give you the desires of your heart. So where can God meet you in your needs today? What are the desires of your heart? Take a moment to be with this powerful awareness and remember these words and may they give you life. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you. I invite you to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Nicole Riley Coaching. You'll also find me on Facebook as well. I post throughout the week things to encourage you and to uplift you and to keep you focused on your wellness. Find out how to work with me for clergy coaching, for life coaching, and social media management at my website, NicoleRiley.com. And check out my book, Expanding the Expedition through Digital Ministry at Amazon. Today, I invite you to make the most important choice to embrace a life of wellness. See you next week.